Hey everybody, the con artist here. We're all gonna get together to talk about Ancient Magus Bride. So uh, I know Dan, Scott, Brendan, you guys actually got together and talked about, I want to say the first six episodes maybe in the mid-year cast. Sounds about the right. The reason I wanted to, yeah, so I wanted to break this show out into its own cast just because it was one of the most anticipated shows of 2017. There was a lot of buzz about it. It was a really big deal. And um, now having watched... 12 episodes of the show, I wanted to discuss what we thought about it, is it worth the hype thus far, and just anything else you guys had to say about it and how it's doing. Um, so I really liked this second half much more than the first half. I think I'll just start with that. I felt like the first half, it did what it needed to do. It taught us that this world is just full of like Celtic and English mythology and just organically threw it in there. So I, I liked its soft approach to just throwing things in there episode by episode. Like in this episode, Oberon and Titania show up. And in this episode, there's an entire kingdom of cats that just exist <laughs> and it's a thing. And I was like, sure, why not? And um, I enjoyed that, but I really felt like this half had a lot more to offer in terms of character growth. And I think of... I've mentioned about a thousand times at this point that that's really my forte and what I'm looking for in a show. So uh, I'll let you guys kind of start off, I guess, with what you really liked, maybe as overall or what you really like about this half or however you guys want to start that. Sure. I like the um, last quarter. Last quarter. Uh, I mean, the art continues to be just top-notch all the time. Like, Holy cow, the production values on this show are so high. Pretty yeah, much every way. Yeah. And quality, just episode after episode is incredible. Um, my favorite spots so far on the show are anytime they go to Iceland, it's just beautiful, which is like where the dragons live. That's my, yeah, that's that's the best part. It's incredible. And it's not even because the dragons are there. Just, it looks so pretty. The backgrounds are so pretty. And uh, and the forest near Elias's house, which I think we talked about in the first cast, like where he meets the Tirnanog, is also just gorgeous. I was actually in agreement with you, Scott, when you talked about in the mid-year that sequence with Titania when she appears, just the the music plus the production plus the camera angles. Like, the whole thing was perfect, but that was actually beat out by one of the latest episodes in 6 through 12 where um, the Dragon Master, Leandel or whatever, he sings, and oh, he sings yeah. to these flowers that, like, open up in a field, and I was, like, like, it was, like, mind-blown. Like, I was like, you only see this kind of stuff out of, like, the OVA version of this. Like, it's so gorgeous and so stunning. And that whole sequence was awesome. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that if you are you are any other company right now, like, looking over at this show, you're like, how are they doing this? <laughs> yeah, you have to be. Envy over the fence. I think that... um what I just what I enjoyed the most about that was the fact that they were able to make magic seem magical. Uh, same thing happened with Little Witch Academia. Just you know, very when they when they wanted to just let magic be its own thing, um, you know, just beautiful music, flowing animation, everything was just very very focused on it, and they gave it room to breathe. They never like. They never just like did one quick scene. They usually let it let the camera you know hold on it for a little while. That uh, sequence that you were talking about with uh, Lindell singing, um, I don't know if it ends exactly, but it culminates in the dance of the elves. And that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all come out because they're attracted to his song and the flowers opening, and they make Chise dance with them. It's just so pretty. Yeah, exactly. Just they 
they give you that this is what I kind of came here for in a lot of ways. I wanted to I wanted to see what their take on magic was. And so in that regard, I've been very satisfied. And like you said, overwhelmingly good production values throughout the whole thing. Yeah, like it's nice to see magic that isn't just fireballs and pentagrams all the time, like in you know most other shows. This is a lot more subtle and a lot more interesting and a lot more beautiful mm-hmm. than most of the other stuff. And it also gets to be kind of esoteric, even outside of the production values. You have things like uh, t- tying, what was it, spruce branches or something together uh, to... Oh, yeah, with the red string. Yeah, it's like, so an, appe- it's like an, yeah, it's like an appeasement to the forest spirits in order to, you know, let them lead you to wherever you want to go because mages work by uh, basically making deals or temporary, um, temporarily asking uh, the Fae for help versus sorcerers who just kind of exert their will on the universe as far as I can tell. And yeah, that was a really neat distinction. Yeah. And I just appreciate that, you know, the rules were definitely esoteric and kind of bizarre, but they always made sense. It's like, oh, this is what they're doing. They're, you know, Chisei is like making a potion by like, you know, gathering materials and like using, uh, you know, elements and magic from different fae in order to uh, make this work. So it was cool stuff like that that uh, I really appreciated. They made again, magic seems magical. It's not just you know this is another word for this is another word for like science we can't understand or anything like that. Yeah, like uh, it actually brings to mind like back in the first half of the season, the episode where they go to the cat town, and Elias is like, "Chisa, you need to go help purify this this massive enmity or whatever." And rather than her just, you know, pulling out some slips of paper and going Miko on it, she's like, no, you're going to need like this outfit and also this gorse branch and like all this other stuff. It's like, wow, this really feels like they did some research here into sort of a more Western tradition. Or at uh, least we're able to fake it well enough that it looks they plausible. They certainly faked it well enough. Like they did a very good job. So I appreciate that. There's definitely a lot of a lot of trying. Um, so I want to toss out kind of a, a big theme. But before that, Brendan, you've been kind of quiet. Like, are you enjoying the magic of the show? And absolutely, I guess. Like, I, I, I basically am in agreement with everything that you guys have said so far. Okay, sounds good. So I'll um, I'll just toss out this big motif. Uh, so in all of these episodes, I'm personally under the belief that uh, the show would work so much better if there wasn't that pervading sort of creepy romance angle that they tossed in really, really early. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to tell that this is like a modern day take on, or a different take on Beauty and the Beast for the most part. Um, But I don't totally buy everything that's going on. I think episode one soured me a bit with (laughs) the whole like Elias buying her and then calling her a puppy Mm. once or twice. And that really left me in a bad way. And um, I will say, I I like that the show is veering a little more out of that and kind of into like familial love as opposed to romantic or sexual love, because to me, there's so many different types of, of love that you can explore. And with Elias not being human and not really understanding the idea of marriage or a wife or love in that sense, I like that you know, out of him, he's beginning to be like, I don't really understand what's going on, but I'm lonely and it's cold when you're not here, Chisei. And Chisei being like, I want to know more about you, you know, instead of you just being that guy who bought me and is nice to me, I kind of want to know more about you. I don't like when you shut yourself away and, and tell me about yourself and what's bothering you. I really like that they're taking it in that direction. I just... 
I don't know that the show is going to stick with that. I really wish it would, but I don't know that the show is is going to stick with that. I, I I will say though, I really enjoy the direction these two characters are taking, where Elias doesn't quite know what's going on and is beginning to feel emotions that we would define as human, and Chise is beginning to really come out of her shell. Um, and it's taken a long time to get there. I appreciate that the show really takes trauma seriously for Chise. Like, I think these are the types of things that, you know, like, Clannad would solve in an episode or two. And this show is like, no, trauma's the real deal. Like, she is traumatized and has been through a lot, and it's taken this long for her to start coming out of out of that. So, I guess, what do you guys think about that? And... That kind of stuff, because that, that's a big pervading part of the show now. Yeah, I really think that they've improved over the uh, over the most of the first half of this show, um, and and I do appreciate the the direction that they seem to be going in as as far as that. Because you're right, it was like when they they brought it out, like at the end of the first episode, you you do get that sort of that creep factor. Be like, what exactly? Is, is is the plan here <laughs> and and they've they've done a good job of like backing off of that shock value and and you know doing their thing that seems to be working hmm. yeah I, I like that angle a lot better yeah i i agree that it's definitely better than where it started my issue is mostly that while i understand why the characters are this way and you know recent revelations have definitely helped in that regard it really kind of ground on me for a long time because neither Elias nor um, Chise are proactive characters whatsoever. Like, Elias only goes out and does these things because he's told to by the church nine times out of ten. Uh, and Chise just tags along with him. And it just was... You have two... I don't want to exactly call them stoic characters, but very quiet characters that are very introverted. And it's really hard to get those two types of character, or that same type of character, to play off one another because they're both very, they're both very quiet. They don't voice their actual thoughts very often, and because of that, we're left more or less listening to Cheese's internal monologue half of the t half of the time. And I just I found it really hard to care about what happened to either of them for a good portion of the show. And while I do definitely think it's improved, I think that's something that the show's kind of saddled with now because, you know, it took Chise this long to not get over her trauma, but to, you know, sort of assert herself a little bit. And Elias is finally starting to, uh, you know, show at least a hint of what can be considered a real personality. So, eh, I don't know. It, I don't want to say that this, you know, tanks the show for me, but it really, I'm not in it for the characters. I'm in it for the world at this point. Hmm, interesting. See, actually, over time, I've really started to like the characters more. Like, as you learn more about both of them, uh, it's been increasing my interest in them rather than decreasing it, which is pretty good. Uh, it's also kind of like Sue said, it's dealing with it in a way that's, I don't know, I guess I would say more mature than any other show I could name for miles around in the anime landscape. Uh, which is pretty good. And also, like, characters are allowed to be deeply flawed, which these characters are. And they're trying something different, which I really appreciate. Like, none of these characters, with a few except, like, few side character exceptions, is a trope or a cliche, which is rare enough on its own. 
So all fair points. And like I said, because I don't personally find them that fun to watch, that doesn't mean that they aren't, you know, well realized. I just I just find that kind of dynamic to be a little bit stale or not stale, dull to me. But uh again, the everything around them is interesting enough that I'm, you know, happy to keep watching. Oh man, speaking of around them, uh, those side characters are pretty good. Like, I love that Some priest guy. Are. Can we just talk about Ruth? Ruth is like my new fave. I like Ruth. Is, I Ruth love... is really good. Like, he could have been at least eight different cliches, and he isn't any of them. Well, it's undeniable that Angela is best character. Angelica? Oh, of course. oh yeah. There's, there's no... <laughs> Angelica, sorry. An- Angelica is best character. There is no question. However, Ruth is pretty great. Mm-hmm. I like Ruth. I like him quite a bit. I like the priest guy, and I like, yeah, I like, uh, she's the magic shop lady, right? Yes. Yeah, all three of them are great side characters. Oh, yeah, and that's actually what I'm looking forward to in the future. Now that we've sort of gone through the beginning of uh, you know Chise's story a little bit, I would love for us to get some time to spend on these side characters because both of those people have really fascinating stories that I'm sure I would love to uh, explore some more. Don't know if they're ever going to do it, but if they did, I would be totally down for that. Hmm, agreed. Yeah, I think just just hopping back really quick. I'm not totally buying, I guess, Elias's piece yet, but I think if if Dan gets to be personally uninterested in these characters cuz he finds them dull, I have a hard time with Elias just because of the whole I have a really rough time with a character who does things and then blames it on ignorance. It totally makes sense for his character, but it's like you're keeping Chise in this house, and you think you want to marry her and make her your wife, but you don't really understand human emotions or humanity at all, and this one time you ate a person, and it's like, what am I supposed to think of you exactly? You're very hard to relate to for me, or as Chise I find fascinating, I think it's a really neat character study, and I'll just steal Scott's thing. Like, she's a very deeply flawed character, and I find that really fascinating that you're trying to pair too deeply flawed characters you know against or with each other my concern is that for a character that is uh, as you said has been you know very traumatized has had a you know terrible childhood um she's really quick to trust elias and it's like this isn't healthy and no one in the show is saying it's and you're healthy, absolutely like, correct which is good it's not healthy and fortunately right. yeah that's what that's what kind of saves it for me is because everyone else it's not there's no one who's saying like and it's like, oh, how romantic. It's like, no, guys, like, this is, this is concerning. Right. And actually, I do appreciate that everyone, like, the church is like, eh. And I, whoever sent that bird over was like, you know, you should probably let her do stuff on her own. I think that's Lindell. Is it Lindell? Uh, okay, no, yeah. actually, the, the guy who sent the bird was, um, was I think was uh, Renfred, the, uh, the, the sorcerer. Priest. Oh, sorcerer? Oh, really? The sorcerer Renfred? Okay, I remember him now. Yeah, all right. So oh, yeah, you're we didn't right, get you're to right. hear that entire conversation. That's true. I'm pretty right. sure he butted into the line at some point somehow, but uh there was two dudes on the other end. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no one is like this, you know, having the two of them live by themselves together is a great plan. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's good. Ruth at least provides, you know, someone for Chise to talk to more often now, which I appreciate, even if he got over his entire character arc in the span of exactly two episodes. Yeah, he was an odd duckling. Yeah, I know if they had time to really focus all the way on him with, like, Chise going on, that's true. Yeah, they had places to be, I suppose. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's too much more to talk about in the pro side of the category. So, like, one of the cons that I have to raise is sometimes it's kind of hard to tell where we are and where we're going, like, time-wise. Like, 
there's a lot of time skips in this show. There's be like, oh, it's been three months since I came to Elias's house. I'm like, wait, what? Like, they're, they jump around. It doesn't help that she lot. sleeps for two weeks at a time <laughs> every time she uses magic. Right. So it's like, it's, it, it's hard for me to tell how long things have, like, have they been, have they been in the same house now for a year? Who knows? Allow me to once again raise a, uh, to raise the point of the humble timestamp. I would love it to be like, you know, spring of the next year or something. It would be so much more convenient to be like, oh, okay, so they've been together for like two months now. That helps. But I guess I'd ask, why does that matter? Like, what would you do with the knowledge that they've been together for X amount of time? It would help explain uh, them being uh, either more or less familiar with each other or like, you know, how far Chise should have progressed by that point. It was, you know, you kind of were able to figure it out, but there were moments where it was like, wait, all of a sudden she's doing, uh, all of a sudden she's like, you know, mixing these potions. When did she learn how to do that? We've been like on adventures in the Cat Kingdom for the last three episodes. How's that happening? Yeah, and it's good that she'd occasionally be like, oh, I have been here, and Elias is teaching me stuff. And it's like, well, good, because for a long time there, it seemed like it was going to be nonstop adventure time, which is fun, but we do need to pause every now and again. That's interesting, because uh, my primary concern, um, is uh, <clears throat> as far as blocking goes, is on the micro. Like, there was, uh, sometimes it's it's hard to tell, like, who is part of what conversation. Hmm. Like, the, the most egregious example was when they meet this... Uh, some sort of sylph and she says talk about me and i'll eat you and literally the, the very first thing that comes out of anybody's mouth in front of somebody who can't see her which is why she said that is it's some kind of sylph and i'm like he's right there he's right there <laughs> i just said don't do that <laughs> that exact Where is this thing. conversation happening <laughs> can he not hear you like what, what is going on uh, and that happens occasionally, usually not that bad. And uh, it's just a little uh, peeve. I agree that there were some odd scene jumps now and then that just kind of like uh, sort of action reaction got a little bit confused. But uh, those are those are minor things, you know, just when you're focusing on when you're focusing on the big picture, uh, the time the time skips aren't a terrible thing, but they do sort of, you know, make you kind of shake your head for a second and go, wait, where were we? Oh, OK. Right. Also, and maybe this is just part of like what, like you said, and you're really in it for. I want to know more about how magic works. Like Elias plays things really close to the vest. Yeah. And, like I, I feel like Chise is constantly in the dark about everything, uh, which is, I guess, fine because we are too. But if it's been several months now, and like you're like, oh, let's go to this church, and like you might get killed by eight different spirits you have no idea about. It's like Elias, are you doing your job? Do your job. Yeah, it is a little weird that he never opens up about a lot of that stuff. Like, he'll almost purposely put her in danger, or what's perceived as purposely put her in danger, and you're like, what are you doing? Like, why wouldn't you tell her what's going on, or at least... I mean, maybe because he has no human emotions, he doesn't quite perceive what the heck is going on. You would think that, but then as soon as she's in danger, he flips the heck out. Yeah. So... It's it is I don't, weird. I don't it's quite like you, know. like you made a huge investment in this girl, and you're just gonna let her wander around in dangerous areas all the time. Like it was like, very prevalent in the first uh, quarter of the show, and it's yeah. continuing into the second. <laughs> right. It, that was definitely a big point for me, and I was as they explained more about him, it was like, oh, it's because he's you know kind of sociopathic, and he doesn't necessarily grasp it. But that doesn't totally explain everything. He's as you said, it's he's either always omnipresent, he's always lurking in her shadow, 
but the moment it counts, he's caught completely off guard. Like, uh, when, um, what was his name? Uh, Cardophilius, uh shows up shows up and like has his big mantis woman thing stabbed she's she's say right in the uh chest well to be fair she jumped in front of its original target i suppose so but it's like elias you are it's you are a being of magic with hundreds of years under your belt like you knew this guy was you know was mucking around but now you're surprised and again he flips out completely i suppose again because he's always thought he had things under control because he was always, like, lurking right behind her, so to speak. Um, the one time where he's, like, separate where he's like separate from her and not able to do anything would cause him to, you know, go a bit berserk. But uh, it just seemed weird that they spent all of this time establishing, like, he's always with her, he's always ready, he's, like, you know, he's got... He's always going to make certain that she comes out all right, whether her mental well-being makes it on the other side or not just seems kind of weird that he would suddenly uh, have missed an opportunity to save her, even if it was, you know, under somewhat strange circumstances. It is odd. I'll give it that. Also, shouldn't she have been dead from that? It is weird that she recovered very, like, no one in this show seems to have any kind of, like, healing magic or anything to, like, she got hit really uh, hard. Lindell I have does, no idea. but he was nowhere around. Yeah, right. Lindell has That's some true. healing magic. Well, I, I think it's like sleigh, beggy, magic thing. Like, you gotta just wave and, your hand. You can explain that. a lot with that, but... I suppose so, but it would have been nice to see something. Like, I don't know, see see the magic happening. Like, she's glowing a little bit, and it's like, oh, okay, this is uh, this is magic happening. Not just... It's like, didn't you get stabbed? Yeah, but I'm okay now. That's pretty much exactly how it went down. Yeah, like, it almost looked like Ruth did something, but it was, was never... They ask, never went back to it. Yeah. Like, did Ruth kind of fix it by you know, becoming her familiar. So I was like, uh, maybe. Yeah, it was, it was an odd scene overall. Uh, actually, speaking of which, dislikes, now the, you're saying Cardophilus, that's the silver hair person? Uh, yes. Oh, man. Yeah, he's that One creeper sorcerer. I do not like that character. Like, not in a, Nor do I, I. this villain as a villain. There's a, like, the cheerful but morally heinous villain is just kind of a tired cliche that I don't like. And maybe it's been all the mud whales this season. <laughs> but, like, I can't stand that villain type. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like you said earlier, there are so few, like, tropey characters in the rest of the show, having this one blatant one all of a sudden show up, it's like, come on, guy. Yeah, like, you, I'm, I'm sure you guys can come up with an interesting person to work against Elias. This isn't it. Yeah, you almost needed more of a, like, Moriarty type right. Sherlock or something like that. Mm. Something like that. Whereas you get that, like, cliched anime villain who's cackling wildly and makes mantis women or whatever the heck. Now, Brendan, you and I had actually had a little bit of a conversation about this dude, and what was your take on him? Uh, well, I mean, he's the wandering Jew, first of all. Right. Why? And how? For those of you unfamiliar with this, there's this semi-apocryphal piece of, uh, of Christian, uh, history where um doctrine more like yeah where um a, a jew mocked jesus on the way to the cross and was basically cursed with eternal life if i'm getting that right I, and that's the rough uh yeah. yeah and he shows up like in in european folklore now and then and apparently that is what this character is supposed to be that's what elias thinks he is which well he also calls himself joseph which is one of the names that is commonly attributed to him 
Right. And that's a very, you know, Jewish name. Um, it, uh, it, it, uh, it doesn't really work for me, especially like as a Christian, I have an issue with the, this, like the syncretic like, thing, which is, it's very Japanese in that they, they try to like roll, uh, you know, whatever, whatever supernatural or religious stuff that they find like together into a single worldview. And that's, that's very not, that's very much not how Christianity works. It doesn't, it doesn't really work in conjunction with a lot of, you know, other stuff. And I have, I have weird feelings about that. Cause I know, especially in like Irish, uh, culture, it's like they, when, when the missionaries went there, they tried to bind them together in a way that would, you know, would, would cause conversion. And, I don't know. I just I don't know how to feel about that. It's very strange. That is true. Like I don't know. Hmm. Now feel about that meaning like are you mildly offended? Do you think it's just poorly blended? Like what, what like, do Yeah, you the mean? the whole concept I think isn't isn't a very good one. Like you I I uh, I don't feel like you can blend Christianity into this sort of thing. And and that's you know, sort of because I take it very seriously myself, and and also just because like the, that's the way that the religion is structured. Like, oh yeah, you're talking to Titania and Oberon, but apparently like there's the real Christian God. Like, where did the wandering I Jew see. come okay. from if like Jesus Christ didn't curse him to eternal life and like literally himself? Like that that's that's what Elias said. Yeah. yeah. Right. Ah, okay. Okay. So you basically call in like the entire pantheon of angels and the triumvirate to be characters in the show by like implicitly. That is very odd now that you bring it up. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's fascinating. Again, if if we're going with the whole kind of old European sort of grab bag of Christian and pagan conditions, that does make sense. But it's the casualness with which they do it because it's like, could we bring this up to? Um, the priest the like, priest it's like hey, hey buddy so everything you believe like it's not just your faith anymore this is logical proven fact now or something like maybe he's not actually but they just think he is <laughs> or perhaps the the character of the character of the story is based on this guy we, we don't know enough about him to call it for sure but you know maybe we'll i'm certain he will be back in his annoying uh, short pants. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't TV. shoot him more times. Oh yeah, but I do. I did appreciate that. Yeah, man, that. it was like all the shooting. Did please. you only make the get, one get bullet? On that. No, they didn't because you know they. <laughs> she yeah, she shot it the second Simpho time. Gear? <laughs> what is it, gear? Y'all only made one bullet in the magic purple basement. Come on now. I did appreciate, however, the whole thing was like he's you know he's cackling and you know kind of losing his mind a little bit, and then all of a sudden Renfrey just shows up behind him. He's like, "You talk too much." Shoots him in the back of the head. I was like, "Keep." Hitting him. Right, like, apparently any mage in this world can be totally taken by surprise if someone walks up behind them. And I do appreciate that. They are not omnipresent. <laughs> like, you know, is El Elias is, like, kind of freaky and weird, and especially with that whole shadow thing, but it's not like he knows everything that's going on all the time. Right. Yes, that is definitely true. So I guess um, in the last couple of minutes, if you guys don't have anything else that's egregiously bad... um. I want to answer the question I posed in the beginning, which was, do you guys feel... Now, take this statement with a grain of salt. Do you guys feel that this show was worth the hype? Like, do you feel like it's it's worth being one of the most anticipated shows of 2017 um, and, a, and a really interesting addition to anime on the whole? For me, I... I'm still in the middle. As much as it doesn't help, I'm still kind of neutral. Uh... It doesn't, like, blow my mind, but I will say I'm always 
interested to see where it goes next and interested to see how they play the whole thing out. I like where the characters are going now, and I hope they continue to go that way. But I will also say that the pervading, weird, creepy romance angle that they set up in the beginning and the fact that some things, like you guys said, don't make a whole lot of sense and we haven't really seen a ton of magic yet, although I will say episode 12 was beautiful with the staff making, mm. um, that that kind of shuffles me back to neutral. So I'm going to say maybe I don't think if you chose to check this show out and you're with us here at episode 12, you have lost out. I think it's still a good choice. And if you haven't checked it out, I do still recommend jumping in. So I'll, I'll, I'll start with that. I'm warming up to it. Um, I will say that, yeah, the, uh, the creepy romance angle, like, especially in the early part of the show before they, they start like actually getting into the, uh, into the, uh, into the weeds, uh, so to speak. It, it, it did hamper it a lot. And largely because I, uh, I made a connection, um, to an, a conversation that, uh, oh, it happened. It, there was a, 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 a entertaining like YouTube thing where two characters were talking about the Twilight movie back when it came out. And, uh, uh one of them is explaining the conceit of the, the whole thing to the other one as pornography for women. Uh, and like, because of, uh, the the process the guy who takes his shirt off every 10 minutes no, no no well i mean there isn't really that i mean that that's not the connection and i haven't seen twilight i don't know if that happens but it's mostly the um the process of changing like in in twilight's case a you know, a jerk vampire guy who you know generally eats people into someone that you know loves the main character as uh, as being the equivalent of of uh you know pornography you know, except for a different audience. And and as soon as they, they dropped the the reveal that Elias wasn't a creature that had innate emotions, I was like, oh, crap, I can see the strings. And, like, I've thought about that connection a lot, but uh, they, they, they are moving, uh, like, they're uh, in, a, in a better direction than that. Like, they're doing more uh, with the characters' personalities themselves. I guess, but it's, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was a good uh, a way to, to start the show with that. They, they should have let it build up more organically. I concur. Yeah. I would say for me personally, I don't know if it quite lives up to the hype. Very rarely does anything actually live up to sure. its own hype. You of all people, the salt is needed for you. V very true. Don't, I am... don't 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 take that <laughs> phrase exactly as as stated. Absolutely, I I am always suspicious of hype because you know other things have been hyped up that turned out to be like really major, either disappointments or just irritations to uh, to me in the past. This one, it is a legitimately good show. Um, my personal issues with the characters aside, um, I find that it is enjoy. It's an enjoyable world. I'm becoming more, you know, sort of generous to it as I look back on it, and I'm definitely interested to see where it's going. Even if I'm not 100% uh, down with whatever happens between Elias and um, Jisei, I am definitely interested in seeing where the world goes from here. And as for me, like, I don't want to say that I'm a conductor on the hype train, but 
I was trying to sell you all tickets before the show started <laughs> back at the beginning, and I'm still more or less like all in on this show. So I am well, very excited for where it's going. You were Go a ahead. big fan of the OVA, right? I was a big fan of the OVA. I hadn't actually heard any of the hype, but I watched the OVA and I was like, wow, this is really good. And then, you know, like, like they're like, oh, we're going to make a show out of it. I was like, whoa, really? I'll say I already knew the train existed. So when you sold me a ticket, I was like, why not? <laughs> yeah, so I was excited. I already I guess, know without... most of the ins and outs of the train. So let's do it. There you go. So I am very positive on the show. I like where, like, basically anything for me where they take, where, where they can make something different in this medium, like really different and interesting is exciting and something to be, uh, to be lauded and look forward to. So Very yes, true. I think it's, I think it's a good thing that it's happening and I'm looking forward to more of it. Awesome. All right. So we'll do another one of these when, uh, the next half plays itself out. If you're looking forward to something, you know, new and different, there'll be some of that. I assure you. There's definitely some of that. I Like I said, I recommend it. I think people should jump in on this one. All right. Well, tune in next time when we see how it all plays out. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.